selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash I heart. Celebrity Book Club. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club Tell your secrets, we won't talk Celebrity Book Club No boys are allowed Celebrity Book Club Say it loud and proud Celebrity Book Club Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo Hey, best friend Hey, good fine sir over there in New York City Oh, hello, good fine sir. I notice you're not in your cool Ridgewood office with the matching um, grommeted curtains that I have for soundproofing. I notice there's a beautiful painting of a ship behind you, sir. And is that a pond? Uh, yes. The Long pond? It is a beautiful landscape of a pond. You are seeing many framed artifacts. Of course, I have traveled back to 1842. I am at what was essentially the economic center of the world, the locus of the <laughs> whaling industry in the 19th century. I am referring to the island of Nantucket. How does the poem go? There once was a man from Nantucket. Whose fleece was... He's something, something. I feel like it's one of those, like, it's a clat, it's a naughty limerick, but I don't quite recall what... um... It's like, and then he sat on his tucket. By (laughs) and by, he, like, went to the river, and his liver did pry. Yes, his his liver was quite not happy with <laughs> what he was doing over there on the island and in the several ponds and all the adjacencies. I, yeah, I don't. I feel like I didn't really grow up, you know, knowing that limerick. Obviously, I did not grow up on the island, unlike Megan Trainer, one of my heroes, <laughs> yeah. um, who is the most famous person to ever come out of Nantucket. Since the beginning of time, it was like whatever, like Ishmael and like the Moby Dick folk, like that crew. <laughs> 
and then Megan Trainer. <laughs> um, you're going to be hearing more about Nantucket and our tips and tricks to kind of how to guide yourself through the island in the VIP lounge. Yeah, t- by the today's way, VIP lounge today. is going to be Stephen and Lily's Nantucket, the hot spots, where to go, where to get fucked, where to meet guys, where to get the most amazing bunch you've ever had in your life. Secret donuts, the best coffee, the weirdest <laughs> beaches, the best CBD matcha tincture lattes. Do you remember? And this is the only thing I'll say. Do you remember those absolutely psychotic hemp? CBD like weed lattes we got. I do, and they made no sense. And that's why Nantucket is in its second. No, it's absolutely and it's it's totally in its second golden age. So we should get into what book we read. Hell yes, we read one of the sassiest books I've ever read in my entire life. None other than the autobiography of one Benjamin. Franklin. Franklin. All about the Benjamins, baby. Hell yes. Inventor, politician. Fireman. Printmaker. Yes. Local fireman starter. Um, stove Ghost maker. General. Ghost general. father. <laughs> founding father. Ladies man. Absolute ladies man. Also just like absolute sassy bitch. Ribald um, critic. Very arrogant, sir. But honestly, reason to be. Yeah, very arrogant. Absolutely not humble. And let's just say it, <laughs> a hustler. Yeah, <laughs> no, a hustler. I mean, he, oh. he really is. This book, it's like he invented like hashtag motivation Monday. He, it's no, he defines Beyonce has 24 hours a day. We have this, yes, and so do you. But like every page of this book is basically like all of those sayings. Like he truly invented Instagram. Like, (laughs) literally, he's like, um, yeah, sorry, you want to play chess with me? Sure, as long as we can speak in Italian and Latin while we're doing it. Yeah, because everything has to be productive. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm not going to go waste away my time uh, on superficialities at the tavern house, okay? I'm committed to my life of industry and productivity and temperance. And I will be up at six, rising and grinding, bitch. And he's always... <laughs> no. I mean, so he, he invented, like, all of these, like, a penny save is a penny earned. Like, he invented this newspaper, Poor Richard's Almanac, that was, like, this yearly almanac that was just, like forecasts about the weather which is like okay well you're making that up because you don't know what the weather is going to be in july so well i will argue with that like when he's talking about like he also like invented putting out fires which is i totally didn't know okay which is crazy okay he is truly (laughs) he is he's very arrogant he is so up his own ass it's insane because he 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 says he invents everything he's just like well actually no one had ever literally thought to put out a fire before me and so i invented the first firehouse and then the first local like volunteer fire brigade and that's still in effect and that's why philadelphia like fires are always like getting put out so much faster than everyone else's fire and he says that so he was like oh i should mention that i did invent a oh stove. my god that part was so amazing so it's like this book kind of not if is grant like girl goes into detail but like he does jump around where you're like okay you are young and like your father died and was blown away by like a ship um, the second you were born, everyone, and then like everyone in this book is always going to a Caribbean island and just dying. He's always like, and he went to Barbados where he died, or just like, and his health was failing, and then he went to the Caribbean and then he died. 
that is an epic story about the man who dies in the West Indies. And we'll get to that. Hold on. I just want to say where like he jumps around and then all of a sudden he's like at the end of a chapter is like, wait, you guys, I really should tell you. I kind of invented a stove. <laughs> Hold on, wait, I, I'm pulling up this line because it's just so him. Okay, wait. So he's talking about the Quakers. Oh, because he was kind of dragging the Quakers for being like so fake about being anti-war when he was oh, just no, like. Oh, no, I love when he, I love when he dragged the Quakers. Wait, cause I feel like you know Quakers because what his thing is that like they're always like basically the Quaker meeting houses are getting together and they are granting like England the right to like tax them to like send guns to fight the French or the Indians. And like, they're basically yeah, like... Yeah, he was being a little like... I mean, I guess I kind of relate because I am so non-confrontational, but he was like, so let me get this, Quakers. You are like supposedly peaceful, yet you're still giving money for like, and supporting the war. Like maybe actually like stand but up then, and say something. But then the Quakers would always have to like make the resolution some like, like some other language that obfuscated the fact that it was for war. They'd be like, and we will give 60 pounds shillings for grain and other grain <laughs> yes. and like the everyone knew other grain meant gunpowder and everyone was like rolling their eyes with the quakers having to do this song and dance about their pacifism okay read this quote and then i want to go off on okay quakers. So, he's, so he's going <laughs> off on quakers and he goes in order of time i should have mentioned before that having in 1742 invented an open stove for the better warming of rooms and at the same time saving fuel as the fresh air admitted was warmed and entering I made a present. Queen. I, I made a present of the model to Mr. Robert Grace, one of my early friends, who, having an iron furnace, found the casting of the place for the stoves a profitable thing, as they were growing in demand. Like, just like, oh, so by the way, I invented this stove that was like insanely green and actually really useful. And like, I randomly, I told my friend, and oh, he was making money because they were so popular, and everyone wanted one of my stoves. But yeah, I should probably just mention that to you. I also, can I just say, I actually don't think that that stove was that good, and I think he's. I think he's blowing hot air, so to speak, up his own uh, pipe. Yeah, bitch. There's a reason why we don't use, even though he, like, it's claimed his stove is used today. There's a reason <laughs> why we aren't, like, I don't have a fucking Ben Franklin, Franklin stove, like, yeah. stove up in my apartment. I have New York City heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that blows hard. That's why I'm in my short sleeve women's Hell yes. velour, velour corduroy dog button down right now. Because that's all I need. Cozied and bozied with that fresh Eric <laughs> Adams heat. Thank you, Mayor. No, thank you, Ben Franklin. Didn't do shit with his Pennsylvania furnace. Well, and I'll just say this. Whenever you go to Boston, where he's from, it's fucking drafty as all hell in every house. <laughs> well, he was kind of like, he did kind of kick himself out of Boston. And so maybe... Yeah, he had a little bit of drama there, yeah. as all true mass holes do. <laughs> yeah. I do love that he is, I had to fucking leave Boston. Because his fucking brother... Oh, my brother. Oh, you think I'm a better printmaker than you? Oh, you think I set better type letters than you? Yeah, I'll... Oh, excuse me. I'm going to open, gonna open up, up a my better own print shop. I'm going to Philly. I'm going to set the best printer that they ever had. And I'm going to make newspapers. And I'm going to make almanacs. What the fuck are you going to do? And his brother's being so, you owe me fucking 200 shillings. You're going to come to me in oh, my yeah. house when you owe me 200 shillings? Don't even talk about our mother when you owe me 200 shillings. I do own a t-shirt made from a screen printer. One of my North Shore beef t-shirts is made from a place called Ben Franklin, like shirt press. Okay. And so they're <laughs> yeah. kind of a, a, a evoking the original print master himself, Ms. Frank. Exactly. It's also so this is it's like. 
I didn't really put this together after reading it where I was like, you're so arrogant. And it's like, but you're literally on the $100 bill, which is like dope. You're like, yeah, the most braggadocious bitch was like, I think I got the 100 here. Yeah, no, um, literally. Hamil- Hamilton fallback. <laughs> but that's also so him to be like, I feel like he would probably, because he doesn't really get to that. The book kind of just like stops like in the middle of the French and Indian War because like, he guess he like lost his papers. Oh, I know. Like, it's very like, this whole book, you're like, are we going to get to the revolution? And then there's one page at the end about the Constitution because he's just so busy bragging about inventing a stove. He's bragging. I mean, he was, you know, he was founding the country, whatever, I guess. I do feel like he... That's a whole nother That's book. another book. I do feel like he wrote and then it was very just like, the manuscript was sent to France for approval by a separate printmaker. <laughs> and of course, it was lost in a horrible shipwreck where everyone died and got cholera. I just want to say this about when I was learning about Quakers as I feel like... Wait, is, was this we at your like Montessori at- school where you guys were all like playing with blocks? Yeah, I actually did not go to a Montessori school, but it was greater Montessori. Right, okay. I'm always accusing you of this, but... You're always, you're like, oh, you're fucking Montessori school. It's like, get the fuck <laughs> off my non-Montessori ass, okay? It was much more like there was a printout of like... It actually was very Ben Franklin. There was like a printout of values that were like respect that's just like every humility. elementary school like every i feel it's just being like be kind <laughs> be kind so i remember once we like went to like a quaker meeting house and like all had to sit on those like old ass benches and they were like the way quakers met is they just sat there in silence until someone had something to say (laughs) let's i press and i was like you're fucking kidding me this is so boring (laughs) don't give them a podcast (laughs) here all day the silent as quaker podcast Wait. <laughs> okay, I feel like that would be such a like a return to the way things should be. People like this trend of silent podcasts. Just be like, it actually really helps me just kind of zero out and focus. Go to sleep. And in our crazy I'm, hustle I'm and bustle bombarded world, bombarded by content and by voices and noises all day. And I just, I love to listen to a silent Quaker podcast. The way Ben Franklin would be blasting podcasts in his printmaking oh my studio. God, if he was alive yeah. now. No, it would be like, like radio, radio lab, lab. <laughs> okay. no, around the fucking clock because and like ted talks because he's so i mean this is why he does kind of multitasking because he's <laughs> yeah. constantly being just like you must be productive at all hours of the day idle hands lead to yeah. idle days lead to idle men even though he obviously is lying because he loves to just like gallivant and gas and he was like such a womanizer and was always fucking well, a strumpet at an alehouse i mean which he obviously doesn't mention in the book hypocrite boots is that right he like goes on and he's like shaming so many people for drinking too much madeira wine and as being like the indians got so wasted on rum and we're always banging on my tent <laughs> for more rum and it's like bitch you brought you brought the, the rum, rum. <laughs> god <laughs> Cancel Ben Franklin. I mean, that party then, did sound lit, though. <laughs> I know. And it was like a fire and everyone's getting like so wasted. So and then he talks about how like his breakfasts were only water gruel. Right. But then. Well, because everyone else at the printing house was just like beer for breakfast, beer for lunch, beer lunch. for dinner. And they were completely wasted, like printing all these Bibles. And he was just like, y'all are kind of like being a little bit slow and shitty with the type here. Maybe less beer in the morning. <laughs> 
And they were like, okay, faggot. Right. They were just like, oh, you don't want me to drink a Sam Adams? Oh, sorry. You need a Fiji? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mr. Fucking Fancy. Oh, Ben Fiji over here. Oh, pardon me. Oh, he needs an Evian. He gets his water imported from France. Excuse me. Oh, Mr. Big Shot speaks (laughs) French. Mr. Big Shot speaks Portuguese. The first time his wife sees him, he's walking back from the baker and he's carrying three rolls in his hand, but he can't carry all the rolls. So he's stuffing one into his fat ass mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And she thought it was such a hilarious sight. This was Miss Reed. Yeah, this was Miss Reed. I'm sorry, does this hoe ever (laughs) get a first name? Isn't her name Meredith, which is... There was another guy whose last name was Meredith, who was part of his like squad. Oh, I think at one I was point. confusing it. There was like James Meredith, but I feel like he literally is just like. And then Miss Reed like did get married to an awful Irish Potter who was a terrible ceramicist and was very <laughs> sad and depressed, and it was awful for her. And I felt so bad. But I was off in London, and I wrote her a letter saying that I honestly wasn't coming back because I was having too much fun with my good companions. But then she like. Divorces the Irish guy. Can we, I read yeah, the yeah. part where... Okay. Okay. We land in Philadelphia on the 11th of October, where I found sundry alterations. Keith was no longer governor, being dispersed by Major Gordon. I met him walking the streets as a common citizen. He seemed a little ashamed at seeing me, but passed without saying anything. I should have been as much ashamed at seeing Miss Reed, had not her friends, despairing with reason of my return, after the receipt of my letter, persuaded her to marry another, one Rogers, a potter, which was done in my absence. With him, however, she was not happy, and so parted from him, refusing to cohabit with him or bear his name. It is now being said that he had a another wife. He was a worthless fellow, though an excellent workman, oh. which was the temptation <laughs> to her friends. He got into debt <laughs> right away. I love and- that the friends were like, no, girl, his pottery is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, fuck boy. No, <laughs> like- <I know. laughs> He's this like badass sculptor who's like, yeah, no, I actually am like really rich. And she's like, okay. And then actually he gets into so much debt. And his and her friends are just being like, I don't know, girl, read. Like, I'm sorry, those pots slap. Dude, when you see he has good pots. So basically, Miss Reed marries this guy. Oh, and by the way, so Ben Franklin wanted to marry Miss Reed, but her parents were like, a printmaker doesn't make any money. Right. Like, you can't marry a printmaker. Little did they know my boy would be inventing stoves later on. Yeah, <laughs> but like also, but then he was like, and I actually didn't sell the patent for the stove and I could have made a lot of money, but I didn't because I'm like, not such a just like, whatever, money grubbing, like, sellout. I feel like he said that he could have made more money if the stoves. And it's kind of like... Right, he's kind of... But he's very... I mean, so much of this book is him describing, like, the incredible minutia of these, like, long-term loans that he's making with other, like, print house owners. Prince, I know. To get his printing house (laughs) off the ground. And I'm kind of like, girl, get on with it. But, like... and But he basically, like... it's. I feel like he... When he really starts making money is when he starts literally printing money. Because I think that's, like, a big government contract. And then, oh, lo and behold, he's actually, like, he gets involved in the debates around paper money because up until that point, people were still using sterling and, like, measuring it out in pounds. So a lot of people were really 
anti-paper money and he was being like, they thought it was so crypto and nfts and they were like this is fake. no i know i was like it's insane i mean and this is why nothing's new and just like paper money was nfts and like was and crypto is like, the future I, <laughs> and they this were like sponsored by not- crypto.com <laughs> yeah <laughs> robin hood snacks <laughs> snack on this um <laughs> Uh, but so he was like printing like little newspapers and pamphlets, so many pamphlets in this book, constantly oh, distributing pamphlets. pamphlets with ideas like, and conversations to debates of the day. Okay, zine daddy. Yeah, absolute <laughs> zine whore. I mean, there were no tweets. You had to put out a His pamphlet. call out to like Sterling Hose um, is that I feel like he was being like, you guys are being so queer exchange and always trading like corn for rum right. for fur <laughs> for flour. No. And he's like, well, what if you just like want money and you don't, then you have all this corn and you don't even need the corn. Right. And that was the problem with, you know, the, the weird thing about Sterling, of course, was you were still, <laughs> you were still measuring it by the pound. I mean, this goes back to medieval times. And so he, was, you, and he says, oh, I had three pounds. 300 pounds of silver for this or she only had you know a pound to her name or it would be 60 pounds you know kind of just like we're still sitting around with scales and weights after all this time fiat makes so much it's just so much easier hello people well and that's how the motherfucking british kept us under their rule that's right no taxation without representation because tea party tea party party. celebrity book club This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. <laughs> there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. (laughs) 
Hey, Club Kids. Um, not to be a bully, but I do think you should listen to this week's VIP Lounge because I tell Lily a really insane story about going out on Nantucket. And let's just say it involves me doing shots of warm vodka out of a 7-Up bottle in the back of a pickup truck with a waitress. And that is coming up at the end of the episode. Do subscribe. I should read his list of like being like a perfect person. So here's what you need to do. Oh, the insane list of, of virtues yeah, of it's, how to I mean, live. And then he makes that gayest little schedule of how he's doing for each of his virtues. It's kind of crazy because it's like, he's so gay, but in this straight way. Because I know he was like horny for women. Well, that part just gets so Jordan Peterson, where it's just being like, make your bet. Right. And you're just like, okay. But it's, I'm like, I don't believe you did any of these things. And then he sent out this chart where he was like, well, there's no way you can do all these amazing things in one day. So like on Tuesday, be humble. But like on Thursday, be like frugal. Wait, so do you have a list? Yeah, we can do it every other. Okay. One, temperance. Eat not to dullness, drink not to elevation. Two, silence. Speak not but what may benefit others or yourself. Avoid trifling conversation. I mean, the amount of times he didn't say someone was trifling. I know, he's always being like this trifling asshole. And it's just like, bitch, you're the trifling asshole. I know your ass is gossiping around the way all the time. Like, he was always taking, like, sundried walks, like, with other, like, men of thought and women of petticoats. Yeah, no, but then pretending like he was absolutely the man of most repute in all of Philadelphia. He was like, well, yes, I was taking a walk, but we were, like, talking about paper money and, like, Which talking counts about counts as work trade. or whatever. No, I mean, he's definitely yeah, like billing the client, like, so many hours when he was absolutely not working. I feel like it's just very general businessman that's like always kind of getting cappuccinos and martinis and steak dinners. But then he, do you remember the part though when he was like, but everyone thought I was the hardest worker out of all the three major print shops in Philadelphia because I was always just like made sure to like repress the like letters like in the window at night. So people were thinking like, oh, he's late to bed and early to rise. Ben Franklin works more than all the other printers. He's the one to I mean, watch. Bitch is a genius. Yeah. You gotta. And he was like, and you, you must be seen dragging a wheelbarrow full of wet <laughs> muslin to press the letters in the middle of the day so people know that you do the muslin pressing. Oh, there's Ben Franklin off to print more muslin. <laughs> um, also, you know, him and his wife were never married. They had a common law marriage. So it was like so woke. They were just like wow. lived together. Go all the way off. Modern because she was, she could never get divorced from the Oops sculptor. The and then if he came back, she would have been accused of bigamy, which would have served her 39 lashings. Wow. Yeah. Not, and you know, those Pennsylvania lashings, they hit hard. Ooh. Even under all that Muslim petticoats. Okay, <laughs> so res, um, or, oh yeah, the list. Order. Let all your things have their places. Let each part of your business have its time. That I agree with. It's just like you know, do your work in the office, make your love in the bedroom. It's a very no phones. In the it's very no phones in the bedroom. <laughs> no quills in the bedroom, Miss <laughs> Reed. <laughs> Uh, okay um <laughs> resolution resolve to perform what you ought to perform without fail what you resolve it's like do what you say you're gonna do sure frugality make no expense but to do good to others or yourself i waste nothing so you, you remember the scene where miss reed buys a, a china bowl and he's so pissed 
because he has his milk porridge in, in a in an earthen bowl every morning. And then he's like, and he says he blames it on her. He's like, which my wife bought for me out of no knowledge of my own, thinking that her husband might enjoy a bowl of China. Well. Right. It's like she's out there trying to make her fat ass man happy. Right. Sorry, I'm not body shaming here. Ben Franklin's body was beautiful. Be- and I would be- love our to- beautiful I- pear shaped founding father. <laughs> I would love to caress it by oil. Okay, low-key, all um, founding okay, fathers okay. are pear-shaped? Well, as per the script at the end of my book, Ben Franklin literally writes an SNL skit between him and the disease of oh, gout. Oh, he's anthropomorphizing gout as like a character, which is really iconic. Yeah, being so like, um, and I'll do some readings from that, but it's like, yeah, I mean, they're drinking beer and But you know, I bread. feel like everyone had like, their outfits were very like, the thin legs and then this like Humpty Dumpty yes. lower area, like lower half. They were like all Humpty <laughs> no, Dumpty. It was shaped. very f- fupa. <laughs> Everyone was like so fupa. The other reason why I think um, he's more pear shaped and I feel like he is drinking these ales. I also feel like here's the thing about all the founding fathers like all those ales were like the hoppiest IPAs. Oh, they were super bitter boots. They weren't, they, <laughs> yeah, they like, weren't like, like pale European lagers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, get, I just feel like Bud Light was not happening or <laughs> like I'm everything was like into they a tavern it. of ill repute, just being like, one Bud Light, madame. <laughs> madame keepeth. And sorry, we only have the heaviest. I guess Sam Adams. Yeah, they're like, sorry, is... we only got Magic Hat, dude. <laughs> I mean, and I would say Sam Adams is like medium. Like, you know what I mean? It's. Is bitter and hoppy, but it's bit not so heavy. Yeah, but I mean, I can okay. still drink Sam Adams, so I don't consider it really in that like right. Ditmus <laughs> genre. <laughs> so. Ditmus slash 1600s genre. Okay. Um, industry. Lose no time. Be always employed in something useful. Cut off all unnecessary actions, which is the whole thing being so like hustle and grind. Sincerity. Use no hurtful deceit. Think innocently and justly. And if you speak, speak accordingly. It's just like you are lying, I don't bitch. believe. He's so yeah. like a sarcastic, like joking, jovial biatch. Calling everyone like a loser potter and just right. like a poor little filthy like British king yeah, it's like i think he's just knowing that like because what's also fab about him is he's like not that christian and he's so just like ooh, yeah no no no. obviously i am so presbyterian and he's like ooh, <laughs> haven't made it to meeting house he's lately. literally never going to meeting house i mean he does say like there's one point where he's like no and i actually think christianity is totally good when i think about it you think about the principles like god is like great like that really makes sense um Personally, I, I'm super busy, but I do think God is good. And he, like, strives to be a religious gentleman. Okay, let's okay, do these quickly. fast. Sincerity. Justice. Blah, blah, blah. Moderation. Obviously. Cleanliness. This starts to read, like, the scout oath, which you have to say. That's always, a scout is trustworthy, loyal, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Um, courteous kind of And then again, cheerful. tranquility, be not disturbed at trifles. And it's like, I feel like you, again, were so disturbed at No, the trifling. one trifle happens and you're like, stop trifling, I'm printing. <laughs> okay, then this 12, chastity. No description under chastity, though. It's like, ooh, you just threw that one in. Well, mine says rarely use venery, but for health or offspring. <laughs> Does yours not say As that? in your dick? No, yeah. mine is just blank. I oh, think that- it's that thing 
And let's talk about printing in public domain for a second. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, I, I wanted that, to get into this. Right. You know, the it's now his auto bio, his memoir is public domain. So it's like mine is on this insane faux leather backed edition. And I also feel like maybe it could be more PG or like they just missed stuff. So it's I like think my mine is actually thing. from 1891. Like I think mine is very old. It was purchased for me at like a rare bookstore. And I, I read a Twitter thread recently that said books made before like 1910 are actually way higher quality and will last forever because that's before they started making them with like this really cheap paper that has like acid in it that's just like deteriorating all the time. Because yeah, mine dude, is like, like in dope ass condition. Okay, this cover of its faux leatherness is like how in Boston most people wear like faux weathered t-shirts. We all love like a f- Boston loves kind of a faux. A distressed. Oh, I okay. Yeah, now I see it. That's very that's fun for kids to have that sort of texture to touch. Um. So he says no venereal use. That means like no sex unless. But it's for, for health kids. or offspring. So it's kind of like oh, you can do it if health for health reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and he does say he's always like there was some footnote where he's like Miss Reed and I did have a joyful marriage. I'm sure they did. Okay, so. There's this part of the book where he like wrote into his brother's paper under an alias named Silence Dogwood. Okay, this was so like Ted Kaczynski. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, got so Ted. And he like sometimes he's was I did I read that wrong that he's writing as a woman, like Mrs. Dogwood? I don't know if I read that he was doing like gender role play in the letters. But was this at the very beginning when he was like getting his brother's newspaper in trouble for like publishing ribald things that were critical of the local governance? This was like late oh no no no. I think this was earlier. I'm honestly not sure on the time of that, but there's just this one part where he goes off on how like women shouldn't wear petticoats and they like waste fabric and also like oh are distasteful oh but he's actually because he wants them to wear less so he's kind of being like yeah oh all right he's like advocating for those legs to be out and about mm. he wants to see them those swishing scams. down the cobblestones of beacon hill <laughs> hell yes mama Watch that ass shake back and forth on the cobblestone. Okay, wait, speaking of um, <laughs> women of ill repute, the part where that like old lady on the boat, he's, he's traveling by boat from like Boston to Philadelphia and it takes just like months. Um, <laughs> and that, that older woman like warns him against like spending time with those hussies. Okay, hold on. I'm going to just read this part. A matron-like Quaker woman was on <laughs> this, this boat. Again, Quakers. This boat to New York. <laughs> Therefore, when she saw a daily growing familiarity between me and these two young women, which they appeared to encourage, she took me inside and said, Young man, I am concerned for thee, as thou hast no friend with thee, and seems not to know much of the world, or of the snares you thus exposed to. Depend upon it, those are very bad women. I can see it in all their actions, and if thee are not upon thy guard, they will draw thee into some danger. They are strangers to thee, and I advise thee to have no acquaintance with them." And so then he's like, at first, I seem to not think so ill of them, blah, blah, blah. But then when we arrived at New York, they told me where they lived and invited me to come see them. But I avoided it, which is kind of like, I feel like maybe he did go fuck them. Then the next day, the captain was missing a silver spoon and some other things that had been taken out of his cabin. And knowing that these were a couple of strumpets, he got a warrant to search their lodgings, found the stolen goods and had the thieves punished. So the old Quaker matron was right. 
And they were strumpets, and they had stolen the spoon. <laughs> they were strumpets. I need to use that word way more often. When, <laughs> yeah, women be strumpets. Women be strumpets. <laughs> women be stealing spoons. <laughs> if you see strumpets, say something. <laughs> Do you remember there was a spoon controversy? What was the spoon controversy? With some chefs. We'll talk about that. <gasps> with the oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 We yeah. should. <laughs> okay, let me just. I'm just going to quickly read for context this thing about petticoats. <laughs> Some observations on a particular fashion now reigning among my own sex. So this is him. Oh, so this is him pretending to be a woman. Literally pretending to be a woman writing into okay, his brother's Mrs. paper. Okay, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> no, he, he actually is he so Mrs. Doubtfire. Is Mrs. Like, Doubtfire. He looks exactly like her. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like his vibe, it's not gay. It's a little just Robin Williams and that kind of like kooky comedy tootsie, yeah. <laughs> like old school. old school. Shoulder pads. Like Chris, <laughs> shoulder pads, like Chris Farley in the Gap Girls skit. <laughs> Real heads know. Um, okay. <laughs> the most immodest and inconvenient of any the art of woman has invented, namely that of hoop petticoats. By these they are incommoded in their general and particular calling, and therefore they cannot answer the ends of either necessary or ornamental apparel. These monstrous topsy-turvy mortar pieces are neither fit for the church, the hall, or the kitchen, and if a number of them were well mounted on Noddle's Island, they would look more like engines of war from bombarding the town than ornaments of the fair sex. An honest neighbor of mine happening to be in town sometime since on a public day informed me that he saw four gentlewomen with their hoops half-mounted in a balcony as they withdrew to the wall. To the great terror of the militia. So he's saying these petticoats are like literally cannons. They're so huge. Please get them off my ramparts. Yeah, they're like so, so fucking big. He sounds like he'd be very (laughs) anti-peplum. There was a really freaky girl in my elementary school who would wear like a petticoat to our like holiday recital. Yeah, that's very your, oh, that's more your high school. That everyone was doing. I know. Like, so I guess cosplay, again, like, <laughs> well, there was also a girl in my high school that did old timey cosplay as well. So, okay, wait. So, a couple of things I want to talk about. I do want to talk about. Um, okay, did you get to the part where he's pro vax? So he is like, oh my God, yes, with smallpox. So his son dies of smallpox, and he says his greatest regret is not inoculating his son with his own smallpox. It was just like, and everyone's worried that like your son's gonna die from getting the like, I, was it like self? Is he giving him son a shot? I mean, I, I, I know this is the general. Yeah, I think it would vaccines. be like self. Or is he just it's like, basically like, ru- you find someone's smallpox and like rub them on your son a little bit? Like, did they have Yeah, I think it's like he, he would have, like, invented his own little smallpox. Clearly, it was a thing, because he says right. that, it like, was definitely something you he would have... You could, like, go, maybe given you his could son. go to maybe the local apothecariat, and they would, like, give you a little petri dish and just be like, listen, like, put this in your son's, like, bread porridge, and, like, he will get mild smallpox, and then he'll be immune. Because obviously, I'm sure there was this anti-vax movement of other Philadelphia parents who were being like, no... A, I'm going to kill Mickey with smallpox if I give it to him. Like, B, it's going to make him autistic. I don't think there was a 1600 set of <laughs> parents being like, it's going to make my son autistic. I feel like the vibe in Philadelphia society was more like, you're going to kill your son by giving him smallpox. Less like and then he goes, <laughs> Jenny McCarthy. My, my, 
My example showing that the regret may be the same either way, and that therefore the safer should be chosen. He's like, yeah, well, my son still died of small. Try it. Try it, bitch. Yeah. So okay. Also, another thing about him is that he's. You've had chicken pox, correct? Oh, like as a child. Yeah. Or are you still like able to get it and will die of it? Oh, right. And it's very that thing where like everyone's like going to the field trip. And they're like, has anyone not had chicken pox? And I'm just like, sorry, never had it. I just like was never around it. And everyone's like, okay, we have to be really, really careful with Steven when we go on the safari. Super careful. Um, I don't, I honestly, I don't remember. I think I must have, right? Oh, did you, you have it? Have. Did you iconically have it? And you were so like connecting the dots with, with Sharpie. Yeah, I got it, like, from my sister, and I feel like we were such a, like, gruesome twosome, like, covered in spots. Okay. He also, like, was a Freemason and invented secret societies, and, like, he's obsessed with his secret club. He also, like, invented the library, but... (laughs) No, he also, yeah, he claims that he invented the library. It's just, like... I guess there must have been libraries in, like... And also, the electricity is never in this book. P.S. Well, my version has some... It's so boring, though, I could hardly read it, where he's, like, talking about, like, grabbing a rod... And fire. Well, because you and remember that that and... anecdote that I heard from someone else that he had the rod like going down connected to the banister in his house, and when like random horrors would come over, he would make them like touch the banister and get shocked as like a parlor trick. And he was always <laughs> shocking prostitutes and just being like, "Isn't that such a gas?" It's like, girl, you try flame. <laughs> wow. So he's actually this. He's so Elon Musk and is just like this sick inventor yeah. being like, touch my rod. <laughs> Literally, he is Elon Musk. Segment quills. How doth she, she eat? What doth she wear? How does she live? So, what does she eat? Let's get into it. Girl, he's a pescatarian, which I'm obsessed with. So he starts out as a vegetarian because for literally for moral reasons, which is really cool and ahead of the game. And again, not in a way, in a gay way, but just like in this very straight way. You think pescatarians are gay? Well, he starts out as a vegetarian. And then he's on this trip. He's on like yet another long ass boat ride. And he's like, I'd formerly been a great lover of fish. And like someone was cooking fish and... When it came hot out of the frying pan, it smelt admirably well. I balanced some time between principle and inclination. So he's sitting there hemming and hawing over whether or not to eat this fish. Till I recollected that when the fish were opened, I saw smaller fish taken out of their stomachs. Then I thought, if you eat another, I don't see why we mayn't eat you. So I dined upon cod very heartily and continued to eat with other people, returning only now and then occasionally to a vegetable diet. So he's still anti-meat, but he's just like, well, fish eat other fish. So we Gucci. <laughs> That's also so like Boston dad with high cholesterol right. to be like, um, I'll have the steamed cod yeah. <laughs> and uh, baked potato and a Sam Adams light. Is- Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the most like Boston thing for like a dad to be like my one Sam Adams a day. They're like, yes, I drink, but it's like I have, I crack my one Sam Adams, and that is good for but me. But here's the thing: he's his lying, trifling ass about how temperate he is. No, obviously he's having so much rum and Madeira, Madeira wine. wine. What is Madeira wine is mentioned, mentioned too many times in this book for him to not be drinking it round the clock? Okay, this wine he mentioned, and I was like, this feels so your family. Madeira he wine like, sounds very poor. No, no, no. To me. He said then also he was like, we had so much claret. Oh, that is very my family. 
Oh, I guess, okay, claret is a way to describe Bordeaux. And he was like, oh, is well, it? the claret was flowing, so oops. <laughs> Damn, I gotta get me a bottle of claret. Yeah, I'm sure your parents have some I have claret say, in their wine fridge that we'll talk about in the oh, VIP. The VIP lunch, we are breaking open my parents' wine fridge, which is, as you may recall, where they keep the gun. Um, I... <laughs> Okay, just sidebar, we will get into this in VIP, but I had, I ordered like a Slovenian white last night at Queequeg's on Nantucket. Oh, not Queequeg. <laughs> uh, sorry, land acknowledgement? Oops, like, <laughs> um, I hope they did one. Okay, but you will, you know that Queequeg is actually the name of like an Asian Pacific Islander character in Moby Dick. So it's not even a Wampanoag name. I didn't know so that. So fall all the way back. Miss <laughs> <laughs> <All laughs> <Ms>. Land. Miss <laughs> Land. Anyway, I had this white Slovenian thinking it was going to be so funky and like the funkiest wine in Nantucket. And it was like so sweet and it was fully apple juice. And it was like. My next book, The Funkiest Wine in Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom was like, can I, may I? She takes a sip and she takes a sip and she just goes, well, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Steve. Like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, just you know, ask I should have asked the server more about what the what the what the palette was. Well, I think I would have done the same thing where I'm like Slovenian, you're on Nantucket. You're like, yeah, sorry, I'm different. I'm from New York City. I or Slovenian whites, and then it's just straight well, up. Well, because then wine. she brought it out and she put it down. She was like, Yeah, so people like this. It's uh, it's the one of the sweeter wines. I compare it to white Zinfandel. And I, I saw <laughs> my mom my mom making like the whites of her eyes when oh. she said white Zinfandel. And I was like, uh oh, here we go. Her face turns green. <laughs> <laughs> Did you order the bottle or just a glass? No, just a glass. Oh, and then I God. and then I honestly I, I switched to Nebbiolo. I was like, you know what? I might don't actually want this, and that's okay to do. So you got a little more claret. <laughs> yeah, you know when your parents are paying, it's okay to just not drink a glass because you don't like it. And absolutely, Ben Franklin would not I'm agree. Sorry, with I that. don't think Ben Franklin <laughs> would not approve because that's one you're wasting. It's not they would frugality. Yeah, and it's not temperance. Not temperate at all because you're asking for more wine. It's not humility. Um, he has this like grocery list at some point that I was kind of like impressed by where he he more he's like brokering a deal to like in the French and Indian War of what he's sending. Oh, him. what he's like and sending that's that part goes on for so long and it's all about like the wagons sending other wagons of bread to separate wagons. Right, but it was like he was being so barefoot contessa, everything was like really good coffee. <laughs> really good rum. No, I'm sorry. Really good beef tongue. The, the troops need really good tongue. Also in this book is just another note, the way he describes the French and Indian War, again, like war was easy back then, I do feel, because he's just like, well, yeah. So at around like, I feel like it was very Grant where they're like, yeah, war ended at five and then like we made really good beef tongue. War ended at five, absolutely. War was office to the boots. Office hours only. He also, though, his ass was definitely not, like, volunteering to be in anywhere where he might, like, have to have seen combat. Like, he was always, like, and then everyone was, like, saying who should lead the, like, local militia. And I was just, like, oh, no, 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 it couldn't be me. I'll do more of the, like, inventory dealings between the armies and, like, send letters to the king and, like, back to the governors. And, like, was just always, like, figuring out a way to just, like, wiggle out of actually having to do combat. Um, okay, to just close out, what does he eat? Let me read part of this like SNL skit that he writes between. It says dialogue between Ben Franklin and the and the gout, seventeen eighty. <laughs> <1780." laughs> 
Okay, so this is gout speaking to him. <laughs> if life is a sedentary one, your amusements, your recreation, at least should be active. You ought to walk or ride, or if the weather prevents that, play at billiards. But let us examine your course of life. While the mornings are long and you have leisure to go abroad, what do you do? Why, instead of gaining an appetite for breakfast, by salutary exercise, you amuse yourself with books, pamphlets, and newspapers, which commonly are not worth the reading. Yet you eat an inordinate breakfast, four dishes of tea with cream, and one or two buttered toasts with slices of hung beef, which I fancy are not things the most easily digested. Four cups of tea with tons of cream and huge slabs of tongue Slices on toast. Of okay, so I guess like the pescatarianism is over at that point. Again, hypocrisy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what does he wear? Not petticoats. No, I mean I think his classic he wears like joggers, basically. It's like joggers, like white. Well, this goes because here's the thing about him is he literally is a graphic designer. Yeah, and he's, like, in his, like, little dime square wire glasses. Okay, but he's not, I feel like he's a little bit more, I mean, again, he's based in Philadelphia, so I don't don't think he's as dime square with his style, and he's more just, like, wearing his Everlane joggers with, like, the scrunchy, like, ankles, and he's just, like, <laughs> no, but I mean, like top tier graphic design firm in Philadelphia, but they're wearing I'm just saying the glasses Yes, the are graphics like are, like, are kind of mascot, for sure. He has his like mascot little wire frames, and then he gets this like really long blazer um, <laughs> that he's pairing with the skinnies. Okay, yes. I mean, I guess yes. And in, in, in his time, I mean, he was wearing tails uh, and cane. I want to say definitely in the later years we had cane. Yeah, when he needed it, and then like little pointy toe like bitch shoes. I mean, the thing is, I think that he. Because he's always saying, like, oh... Again, of the day. It's of the day. Like, for a long time in his career, he was, like, not going to the tailor at Savile Row in London or, like, Paris whenever he was in Europe. But, like, I think as he made more money off his printings and his magazines and newspapers and his stove hustle, like, he was probably going to a tailor at Savile Row and getting, like, a fairly expensive suit. Yeah, and I think, like, as, like, a stylish graphic designer would be, it's, like, he got this, like, really gorgeous, kind of the blue blazer with tails that we always see him in. Like, he got, like, one really good blazer and one really good pants. <laughs> yeah, and, and these are pieces that can last. Yes, yeah, he wasn't doing fast. He had a pocket watch inscribed to him from a friend who did die in the and West Indies. Was... Well, because he was a loser potter, of course. Um, <laughs> not him also the time when he has his like best friend in London is like teaching at some random primary school in the countryside and then he tries to fuck that guy's girlfriend and he's like and I did like endeavor to make myself overly familiar to her to which she did reject soundly my advances <laughs> yeah. and I did hitherto regret such advances and it profoundly destroyed the friendship Oh, and it is so like, okay, your rich inventor friend is coming over and right. and then she's he's like, like pouring more Madeira wine and being like, okay, so Collins is still like in Birminghamshire, whatever, like he's not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's ride this pony. And it, is this like rom-com where Emily Blunt is like flirting, but also like not having Absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> every woman in this book is Emily Blunt, as Emily far as I'm Blunt. concerned. I feel like some people could be a little Anna Kendrick, but... Oh, there's some Kendricks up in Philly, <laughs> for sure. No, that's fair. 
Okay, how doth he live? So, I mean, the way he puts it is like I mean, this is saying he doesn't need much, right? Because this is I, I the scene where he like is mad at his wife for buying the china. He's like, we kept no idle servants. Our table was plain and simple. Our furniture of the cheapest. For instance, my breakfast was a long time bread and milk, no tea. It's like, okay, because tea is so like indulgent. Lies, but then- and I ate it out of a two-penny earthen porringer with a pewter spoon. It's like, okay, the poverty cosplay, can we just simmer down? Well, I think in his like early zine-making life, and this is also just so like, hello, like all punks in the 80s yeah. and now they're all doing fucking yeah. ads for Spotify and Uber <laughs> is that like <laughs> he was this badass zine maker in you know the early 1700s and by 1780 he realizes he's become this like fat 40 a morning five yeah. tongues and takes also in his little he makes fun of himself for riding carriages everywhere and not walking at all and yeah. so he's like constantly in a car no we become what we once hated and we but you know it's like you and i sit here and we think we're like so fucking cool with our ragtag pod but soon enough we're gonna be so chelsea you know? handler and like rolling <laughs> out of bed and getting seven ubers to a podcast studio to record like one 20 minute podcast a month <laughs> doing so many ads for like the beef tongue arrays that we once made like, fun of. I'm like always filming a Netflix pilot like at the at the largest like outdoor table. Okay, who are you in the book? Damn. Um I mean, I will say there's definitely like I think parts of Franklin to both of us. Yeah. You know, we can be headstrong Stubborn, arrogant. We love absolutely. We arrogant. love to gas it up with our fellow like secret society members, and just be like, "Ooh, we're closing the curtains and like deciding on the price of silver." Yeah, and like <laughs> he literally is such a podcaster. Um, and I, I do think we would figure out a way to like not involve ourselves in the Revolutionary War. Yeah, because he also says French- like you know at least in the book so far or like the memoir up until this point, he's like, he's not, doesn't seem like he's so anti-British. He's just kind of being like, no. he's pro the colonies being able to defend themselves. Or like, I mean, he's more focused on the French and Indian war, I guess, but it's like, he's not even necessarily questioning like Britain's like dominance. He's kind of like, how do we make this work better? He also may have like not really realized that they could like be so revolution. Yeah. Like, I don't, I think Hamilton was a little more... Oh, and now you're such a, like, Hamilton truther because you watch the musical on, like, Paramount Plus. (laughs) Yeah, I watch on Disney Plus. I'm just saying, like, Hamilton was being a little more revolution, and I feel like Ben Franklin was like, well, let's figure out, like, Stowe. I mean, he definitely was doing what was good for herself. Like, (laughs) get your bag. Get your bag. Like, get your stove bag first. But then he has this note in my... Um, version that he's like what I find wrong about the constitution he's like look bitch it's not perfect but like you try getting all these hoes to agree (laughs) (laughs) like it's as good like we did what we needed and like it's more impressive than anything else like the British could do I mean tea I'm sorry no tea (laughs) no tea no tea milk and bread water only I was like I am definitely eating three rolls down a street. And then someone is like, hey, did I see you walking down eating three rolls? Yeah. And I'm just like, oops. 
Um, I love when he throws his friend out the boat who like refuses to row when they're like having to row at the end of this like long ass journey and the friend is being so annoying and being like I'm not rowing and he's like we're literally throwing you out of the boat and then the friend is just like kind of swimming alongside and being like oh help me and he's like are you gonna row and the friend's just being like no I'm not and then he's just like fine then you're not getting back in the boat that is so you because you were a coxswain and I feel like you would just be like fucking with someone like via rowboat but neither of us are being like oh if you play chess with me we have to only speak in Italian while we do it like we're not such nerds well I mean I <laughs> I don't know maybe you are actually you are just being like we're playing bananagrams in French okay actually you are Ben Franklin <laughs> I'm pretty nerdy <laughs> I've literally been playing Orlog all week, which is a <laughs> fiction, <laughs> fictional Norse game. But that almost sounds like too much leisure <laughs> for Ben Franklin. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's a, it's an exercise of the mind. It involves a great deal okay. of strategy. Okay, so you're Franklin. I'm partially Franklin, but also like partially his like printing zine workers that are having beer for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Ale all day. Ale all day, motherfuckers. Wow. I mean, what a freaking journey. Again, what a journey. I started reading this on Sunday. Uh, I started reading this months ago. I can't believe you fucking mainlined this like a good ass stein of ale. Yeah, literally. Like the good ass Sam Adams scholar I am. Um, Yeah, I I like this book a lot. I think in many ways, it's certainly more uh, packed with like plot and detail than Grant's book is. If if we're just talking about old ass books we've read. Um, Yeah, for sure. I was like, he's way more personal. Like we would be chilling with Franklin way more of like straight guys. Yeah. And Grant is like silent guy. Yeah. The silent boyfriend that you're like, oh. God, I mean, Grant's definitely like, talking when he's drunk, but like, yeah, he's being a little right. Bit you're quieter. like, wow, Grant like is fun when we went out to that brewery last night. Like, I wasn't. Expecting I wasn't expecting. It. Yeah, usually he's so oh, dour. He, just- he actually kind of came out of his shell a little bit. <laughs> and Franklin, you're like meeting him at Variety, being like, wait, you're like a botch. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally a botch. So for honestly, old-timey memoirs, I, even though there was, like, stuff that I was, like, really bored by, but, like, was sweeping and electrical, like, chords, I give it kind of a 4.1. I'm just like, this is a pretty sassy book. Yeah, I I give it, like, uh, four out of five iron stoves. I I do think I mean it's not finished is my issue with it. I'm kinda like it just kinda stopped. Yeah. And I'm like, I want more like the the script I love. Yeah, well I love that. Yeah, and there's like this whole I mean, all the almanac in the back, which is literally he's so Susie Orman and he's just being like how to save a penny, the way to wealth, like how to get a hundred pounds sterling within like within six years or whatever. Oh, yeah, sorry. 4.1 barrels of rum out of five barrels of rum. Sorry, okay, speaking of rum, like one of the pieces of advice on how to save money, this is what so Susie Orman about him. When you incline to drink rum, fill the glass half with water. Thus, at the year's end, there will be 100,000 pounds more money in your country. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's so Susie Orman saying, like, buy wine and beer and not $10. (laughs) But the entire nation should just always water down their rum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I give it four to five. I would like to hear more about, like, you know, the revolution and, like, more gossip about, like, Adams and Jefferson and stuff, but... 
I mean, it is insane that we're like, here's my complaint about this book. It wasn't enough. <laughs> I want another 400 pages. Sorry, I guess bookworms over we're here. We're bookworms. Um, we want dusty-ass gossip. But look, there's another book, and things are going to get a little more modern next week. We will be reading <laughs> DMX. Top dog, dearly departed, rapper, businessman, rough, rough rider, actor, DMX. And his book, Earl. Earl. Give a dog a bone. Uh, cool. <laughs> so, uh, okay. <laughs> so cool. And stick uh, around for the VIP lounge. We are going to give you all of the dirty details about Nantucket Island from Stephen and Lily's perspectives. Where to go, what to do, who to fuck, what, what to, to drink. Eat, what to drink. Who to sail with, what yacht to fuck on. Um, stay tuned and stay with us and hop on the ferry. Cods up, bitches. Best. Best. Welcome to the VIP lounge, ladies. We are far from New York City. We are in a very different lounge. We are in a salty, salty lounge. We are on the windswept, washed ashore, exclusive island of Nantucket, Massachusetts. Crash. Yeah, this VIP lounge, we're going to be talking all things Nantucket. Lillian Stevens, crazy guide to Nantucket. We're talking beaches. We're talking guys. We're talking bookstores. We're talking... Best lobster rolls. Let's get right into it. Um, Lily, I know you've spent a lot of time in the island. Um, this is a place for me. It's kind of one of my ancestral homes. Um, I love to come here every summer. And of course, I'm actually even here in the winter right now where it does pop off as the case may be. And there's a lot of great restaurants and it can sometimes be kind of almost confusing to know which one should I go to? It's so hard, especially if you're on vacation and you only have a little bit of time. You want to be hitting the most amazing spots and you don't want to get ripped off because lobster prices, market price, you could get ripped off by a crudo. You know what I mean? So I've never been really ripped off because when I go to Nantucket, I stay with Stephen's parents. Let's just say I don't pay for much (laughs) when I go to the (laughs) island. You don't see your wallet the whole time. It really is that thing where I'm like, did I lose my wallet? Or, oh, it's just been kind of in an old musty drawer for the week. Yeah, you're like, this is how it must feel like to be the president of the United States. You know, and I started going out there with you when we were, what, 14 or something or so? And, you know, to quote my diary where i really detail our early friendship and we will do on the pod one day i said i had a really good time with steven in nantucket except he's so repressed that was just a taste of this week's vip lounge to hear the rest of that segment and get another just like it every week go to patreon.com slash cbc the pod and sign up now for only five dollars a month Four score and 90 podcasts ago, there once was a podcast named Celebrity Book Club, and it's presented by The Print House, the famous Philadelphia print house, Prologue Projects. The show is produced by Meg Murnane, who has a, well, let's just say she has a little problem with Madeira wine. With editorial support from Leon Nafok, he's my brother, but he passed away in Boston during... 
the first revolutionary battle, Andrew Parsons, my favorite horse, and Madeline Kaplan, who keeps a very, very tidy tavern. Our production manager is Persia Verlin. She makes the Madeira wine. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. He's the town jester. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. He studied in France, actually. Follow us on Twitter at CBCThePod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review and don't forget to tell your friends about us. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.